podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. On the very best of the Decade Award Show, we've got awards, we talk about England's history after their 1,000th game, and we've got some breaking news. Breaking news! Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of A Pod of Two Halves. We've got some breaking news on the show. Literally, as I've turned this on, we have been told that Maurizio Pochettino has been sacked by Tottenham Hotspurs. I'm here with Lee Collard and Tom Woods, and we're about to get their reaction live because we've literally just heard about it. I'm in shock, mate. Um, I can't believe it. I, the, the man across... Looking at me right now, he is going to—he's going to be joyful in this, mate. Um, I, I am shocked. I did, I did not see this coming. I, I think I said recently that I, d- I don't see uh, him going there this season, and lo and behold, he's literally gone, and it's been confirmed by the BBC. So I'm now a believer. I'm Thomas Woods. Truly dumbfounded by this. Uh, so all through the day, there's been a lot of talk on Twitter, a lot of posts by. Reputable sources, to be fair, saying that um, he had this game to kind of this weekend against West Ham to turn it around and sort of save his career. And I was, I'm reading this, I think this is absolutely mental because Tottenham were nowhere before him. Um, and he kind of turned them into a legitimate top four team. He's given them uh, consistent Champions League football over the last, what, four years? A European Cup final last season. There's no way they're going to get rid of him. Add the fact that. If he has been sacked, it's going to cost Levy millions, millions upon millions to, to pay off him and his backroom staff. Which is why we believe that it was never going to happen, because Absolutely. it's Daniel Levy. Wasn't it, wasn't it around £35 million or something like that? Well, he's really? only just re, like, signed a new deal. Oh. So for him personally, it was something like £12 million. And I think then the backroom staff as well who have to be paid off, it's going to be a lot of money, which... When you think about how high Pochettino's stock was in the summer and he was kind of trying to sell Pochettino um, to other clubs, such as Manchester United, obviously, um, clubs didn't buy. Pochettino was already making noises that he didn't want to be there. We've touched on this several times that leading into that European Cup final, the noises from Poch himself sound like a man that had just run out of patience with Daniel Levy. And I think that's probably played a, a big role here. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's some sort of mutual decision and we may well hear that Pochettino is Bayern Munich's manager uh, in the not-too-distant future. Well, so, that, so I've just gone on a quick Google, because Google is a reliable source of information, that some people say £32 million would be the overall cost of getting rid of him. Football 365 said about 30 um, that is quite a lot of money, no? Especially when they could have just spent £30 million on a player that he wanted in his team, such as a fullback. Well, I don't understand it. What I suppose not what I don't understand, but the, the, the puzzling thing for me is that getting rid of Pochettino when he has been a, an overwhelming success for Spurs, considering where they were, okay, and... Getting that manager into a position where he feels like his players don't want to play for him or they don't want to be at the club. The vast majority of players, it's all about the contracts. 
It's all about the contracts running down. If a player's contract is running down, they're not going to be... You know what I mean? Self-preservation, mate. They have to look after their bodies to get their new deal. If they're injured, they don't get paid. Well, this is it. And it's not Pochettino's fault that that's happened. And to a degree, I would say, well, I firmly believe this, it's not Pochettino's fault that the performances have gone in the toilet. What does Levy think he's going to get by replacing the best manager they've had in a million years? With a, what? Because what, he's going to have to buy this new manager players. Because all these players are going soon. Yep. Why doesn't he just stick with Pochettino when he knows that do you know what I mean? Like, what, what's the I, point of this? I have no idea, mate. I am truly dumbfounded by this move. And I think that Daniel Levy's going to feel the wrath of the Tottenham fans at the weekend. Because I think at this point, this might be the straw that breaks that, the, the, you know, the camera's back on this one when it comes to Spurs fans with Levy. It's always been there, the frustration that Levy uh, is uh, reluctant to delve deep into the pockets to pay uh, the prices to really take Tottenham from being a top four team to being legitimate contenders. And coming into the season, they were the team that people were saying would be closer to Liverpool and City. And obviously that's just not happened because, as you already touched on, Mike, a lot of these players are already eyeing next summer when they're going to make their moves to uh, new pastures. It's all on Levy, this. They had the right manager. You, you can see from Manchester United how difficult it is to find the right manager. Speaking of Manchester United, by the way, so I did read a story literally, uh, what, nine hours ago, eight hours ago? Um, Manchester United have their fingers crossed that Mauricio Pochettino will be sacked. So when you said earlier that the rumblings have been going on all day, I read this this morning, essentially, and I was like, I read it and I was like, what? what? Okay. Hottest, surely that of, surely that's not for a while though, right? Hottest of fucking hot seats at Old Trafford right now. Ollie's leash has gone from being you're you're fine, you've got to the end of the season to literally imminent danger. Because yeah, he's he's shitting himself, now, Pot, isn't he? Because, Potch ain't going to be around for long. Well, this is you did mention Bayern Munich though, and that's the thing. Like Bayern Munich probably aren't going to ha- hang around either. No, I mean Bayern have a space. They're going to make, they're, they're gonna make a move. <laughs> I, I think that move will come very quickly if they are going to indeed go that way. If they if they view Pochettino as a manager that they believe can take Bayern forward. Now it shouldn't be forgotten that Poch has literally just lost to Bayern Munich seven two at home. So I don't know if that maybe called any kind of um, urgency in them and pointing them. I think they're quite happy with the guy that's come in. Um, who is care- Do you know who I, I'm not good on who is? the caretaker is, but I read. I thought they were going to get in like an Arsene Wenger or like a, a name until the end of the season, and that doesn't seem to have materialised, which makes me think that maybe they are. But but the manager at Bayern Munich doesn't do anything. It's do you know what I mean? It's a yeah. he's a figurehead for the most part these days. But it's they do buy people. players for you. Yeah, this is true. Um, the. <laughs> This is a crazy announcement. I'm sorry. I'd like. Well, it's the biggest news we've had this week, really, because well, we've had international. Exactly. Week, By a distance, well, that, mate. By a, this is like arguably the biggest news in the the season. Full stop. I can't even. I cannot honestly understand this from a Tottenham well, perspective. We from, needed this to be like 12 hours earlier, so then we got the full like meltdown of the Spurs fans, and we could have then really gotten stuck into it because it's going to be. Yeah, oh I, my I god, it's going to be crazy. I mean, I I I remember when Jose left first time around. I remember because I was with you, Mikey. Um, and I remember, <laughs> the reason it sticks in my mind is because Jackson, who obviously we had on the pod a few weeks ago, sat there and said it's going to be fine because we're going to play attractive football now. Like completely, like bull faced. He was like, "This is fine. We're getting away from Jose. It's going to be fine." And I sat there going, "This is a terrible, terrible situation." Uh, and I kind of feel that if I was a Tottenham fan right now, it'd be exactly the same reaction. We have lost the best thing about this football club, the, the only thing that really made us relevant. Um, 
I, I wonder just how poisonous that dressing room was. It seems like an absolute <clears throat> snake pit, to be perfectly Maybe we, honest We've heard the rumblings from the beginning of the season. Well, exactly. Me? What I will say is, though, I will make a prediction on the show right now. Ooh. Manchester United will not get Mauricio Pochettino. He's going to grind out with Solskjaer. We're going to grind it out with Solskjaer, and uh, he'll go somewhere else and probably be successful, and we'll be languishing for seventh. It'd be interesting as well for Zidane at uh, Real Madrid, because he has turned it around a little bit in the last few weeks, but... He's still not really got the, uh, the... A blight, he has got quite a poor squad at the moment, but I reckon, you know, there's been a lot of linkings uh, in the past with, um, with Real Madrid. I know there's the whole, like, what is it like, you know, he's from Espanol or whatever, so, like, he, would, he wouldn't consider it, but... Oh, my God, he, yeah. he, he'd go. Do, do you know what I want to see? Arsenal. <laughs> mate, mate. Oh, such never. a great shout. It's it would never su- happen. The ultimate get back at Levy. Oh my god, I love it! I genuinely, genuinely love it, and I reckon Arsenal fans would be on top on board with this as well. Oh, they would absolutely be on board. Well, who are they? What's their alternative? Fucking Moyes or someone? Mate, <laughs> they know it's the best thing about Tottenham Hotspurs, as you said. You know, he's pretty much the best thing going in that club. You take that away from the club that they hate the most, they're laughing. They're I, perfect. I am. I am so. It's like when they think Sol Campbell times a thousand. Oh yeah. <laughs> this is the thing. Though. We're we're living in a fantasy world. If it happens. Then you know I'll do something crazy. Do, 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 you you do, can do. stipulate something now, and I'll do it. Do eat your peanuts, Lee. Leave uh, <laughs> a spattle over me there. That's lovely. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm putting it out there. If, if that actually happens, I'll do something mental. We'll, we'll put it to the listeners to come up with a decision on what you would do as a forfeit. But I, I am just genuinely stunned. I, when I saw it, because it, it came up on on Tottenham's official Twitter feed, and it said Maurizio leaves, and I'm like, someone's hacked this account. That's can't or, be or there's a or there's a misspelling in the in the in the official Twitter name or something. So it's <laughs> yeah. like you know I've been tricked. Yeah, yeah. So damn them internet <laughs> trolls. Um, cool. Well, should we get on with the show? And if you if anyone has any thoughts about Pochettino sacking, or you see anything else on Twitter over the next kind of course of the next hopefully fifty minutes or so, then obviously bring it to light and interrupt what we're doing. But. I've completely. Yeah, this Wait, is, this we'll be, is, we'll this be is, discussing it next week for sure. This, is, this, Let's is, put it that this way. has killed me. Um, um, but we've had the boring old international week, haven't we? Well, this is it. The international week has been here. Um, we never like the international week. It's never a fun thing, unless you're a Man United fan. But you know, even then, this win was particularly quite boring. Highlighted though by the one thousandth England game. Now every media outlet and his dog have been putting out their, you know, team of the decade, and I'm going to read you. Uh, the BBC's one that, as voted for by the re- by you know people online that voted, I voted myself, of course. So did you, Lee? Right? I did. What did you vote for your England team? I I didn't. I am um, apologies. I I did not. Uh, more old school. He's wrote it down on a bit of paper. <laughs> yeah, you got on a bit of paper. Oh gosh, sorry. I am struggling this week as <laughs> more so than what Lee is. And apparently, Lee's more ill. <laughs> Well, the gin and tonic there probably isn't helping me. Soothes the fright, mate. Soothes it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So this is the greatest England team of basically, you know, the last thousand games, I guess. Um, so Gordon Banks in goal. Gary Neville at right back. Moore, Ferdinand and Cole. Yeah? Yeah. Pretty solid back five. Five there, you would say. And then uh, David Beckham, uh, Bobby Charlton, Paul Gascoigne, Greaves, Lineker and Shearer. That's, that's a narrow front three, mate. It's a very narrow front three. <laughs> they are treading on each other's toes. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Well, when the, well, uh, the, I feel like Wizards probably gone for like a, a formation type uh, greatest eleven. Then, uh, yeah, I have a bit. Um, I have actually gone with four, four, fucking two, as you would say for England for, <laughs> for, the, for the greatest eleven. Obviously, we have got our, you know, our lifetime eleven. Should we say? Uh, well, this is it, and this was the challenge, obviously, because we, we we talked about having putting our all all time eleven, but then you know I've never seen Jimmy Greaves play football before, so do you know what I mean? I don't appreciate it as much as. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's difficult so, for us. It is difficult. So we've put together our personal favourite 11 of our lifetimes. Okay? So how do you want to do this? Shall I name my goalkeeper and then you guys I think name that makes sense. I think that makes sense. It's just out of interest. Have you got a formation over there? Uh, mine is 4-3-3. Three, three. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, I've, I've also gone 4-4. Four, four, is it actually a formation, four, four, three, three. It's actually... You've four, gone 4-4-3-3? Four, 4-3-3. Four, three, three. Four, three, three. Okay, not four four three three. Mm, can, yes. can we can we all remember the last time Lee picked a team? <laughs> well, uh, it's not like you know complete, you know proper, you know it's going to proper fit in, in in the real world. But we're not in the real world. This is on a bit of paper. So. Okay, that's fine. Let's do this. Let's do this. Okay, the goalkeeper is David Seaman. I've also I've, I've got a little you know little asterisk by this name here of course, yeah. because it's it's, it's pre ponytail. David Seaman. Hang on, hang on. Wait, can I just check which 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 one? I've got two because I did the greatest all time and then the our lifetime. Are we doing the lifetime one now? I, I'm just do, I'm just doing our lifetime one. Okay, because I just figure the the greatest of all time one. I voted and mine was well, basically exactly what they oh, got. Okay, on the thing, fair enough. So it was just, I, I felt just, it was a just bit quickly pointless. then. Let, let's just quickly hear what you had different to that greatest. Um, so at the back four, I had um, I had right in at centre half um, because. The geezer had 90 caps as captain. So, um, is this like Billy Wright or Billy something Wright, like that? Billy Wright, yes. yeah. So, 105 caps. He's the first ever player to get 100 international caps, period. So, that's pretty good going. Um, I had Bex, Charlton, um, Tom Finney was on the left hand side for me. So, I had obviously 4 4 2 for this team. Um, so, Tom Finney was a bit of a all-round superstar back in the day. Uh, 76 caps, 30 goals. So pretty... I think he was actually England's top scorer before Charlton. It's quite funny, actually, because I was listening to some commentary the other day um, and it was like, oh, I saw Tom Finney as a young lad in Scunthorpe. You know, he's a... (laughs) Um, The the, the hardest position for me was actually who was going to play next to Charlton, picking another centre midfielder. um, Because I kind of felt... I only saw like literally the dregs of Brian Robson's career, um, and it's difficult for me to get like the Bri- Brian image out of your head. Yeah, I'm, I'm also and I the kind same. of feel See, that Brian Robson old would boozy. Be, <laughs> would Brian be Robson awesome. was in mine for what it's worth, yeah. um, and that purely goes off of my dad. Yeah, because I, and I, I don't have that from my my, my dad. So I've actually gone with, um, with Paul Skulls in there um, next to Charlton. It's a good shout. It's a good shout. Um, and then I've got Lineker and Greaves up top. Now, what I will say is Lineker is hanging on there by a thread right now uh, because the geezer that's playing up front for us is going to smash every fucking scoring record uh, that we've got. So uh, that that was my team. Um, Stanley Matthews and Beckham. Bex gets in just because my my just obsession with the man. Uh, <laughs> realistically, if you kind of look at it yeah. critically, you'd argue that Stanley Matthews probably would be the play you'd go in. I, I, the only thing I'd argue with is just the you know this at the fringe at the top there in terms of dropping off. Mine would be the other way around. It would be Greaves simply because you know he's kind of got that like Peter Shilton isque about him. You he know, it's a is bit, the uh, unluckiest man in football history because he should have started that World Cup final. And history has a completely different story for Jimmy Greaves if he does. 
And it's just so cruel uh, that injury robbed him of that. Because Jeff Hurst profited big time. And Jeff Hurst will tell you, it was only one of his first caps that he, he had that was actually the World Cup final. And, and just look now, everyone knows. Everyone knows to Jeff Hurst. Everyone knows about him. So you're keeping him in on that, on that basis alone then, and that's why the Lineker's one's dropping. Yeah, like Jimmy Greaves. Because um, Harry Kane is going to do it. Yeah, 57 it caps, 44 goals. That is obscene. Like His goal-scoring rate is, is better than Kane's, which is saying a lot. So let's do our personal favourite 11s then. So in goal, David Seaman, refresher Seaman. Yeah, pre, pre, yeah, pre, it's, yeah. It's, David, it's David Seaman. Get that ponytail off his, off his head, and he, I believe Euro him as a goalkeeper. Euro '96, David Seaman, and, yeah. and and '98 as well at the World Cup. You know, yeah, the curtain's still there, mate. I was still happy with him. As soon as he got that ponytail, I'm like, <laughs> just a little bit, you know. But then our choices, mate, for goalkeepers in our lifetime has been fucking shit. Nigel Martin was a great goalkeeper. Paul Robinson, mate, you know. His obsession with, was a good Paul Robinson's <laughs> obsession with hitting the fucking scoreboard, mate. Oh, I should drive me mad. Or that game where he spent 90 minutes lumping it long to Vassell. Exactly. And other calamities like David James mm. being there. No. Yeah. When your so, nickname so it is has to be, It has calamity. to be David Seaman. <laughs> Don't forget um, Joe Hart was in there as well. Like, uh, the worst even of more lot. of a calamity. <laughs> who? The biggest calamity Joe Hart. Who? Yeah. Exactly. Who? The, the reserve goalkeeper for Burnley, mate. Exactly. Oh, 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 him. Okay, he used to be a footballer once. Um... The back four, I'll do it as one. Go for it. Go on him. Gary Neville. Yeah. Yes. Rio Ferdinand. Yeah. Mm. Sol Campbell. Yes. And Ashley Cole. You're yes. literally just doing this on a wind-up, mate. <laughs> Proper wind-up. Well, I, chose, I chose Ashley so Cole. We've all got the same full-backs here. Neville and Cole. Yeah, Neville, yeah absolutely. And and I've, yeah, got, yeah. I've got Terry and Rio. So, the... the of course he's got John Terry hasn't he you know well, of course I've got John um, Terry <laughs> yeah I actually went for, for Tony Adams in our lifetime okay it's good. yeah instead uh, of you know, instead of Campbell in, instead, no I've gone for Campbell so I've gone for Campbell oh you're Campbell and Adams. Adams so you booted Rio so yeah I, I, don't, I never really liked him and also again I've got that feeling of because of how he is now as a pundit and as a I just, I just here's, don't like here's how I'm going to surmise this okay um had Rio Ferdinand not got a ban for allegedly taking drugs, um, he starts Euro 2004 with John Terry and we, and we win, win the it. tournament. Yeah, I, I, I believe, he, he, I believe you, by the way, on that 100%. Yeah, I, I do I subscribe too. subscribe to this theory 1 million percent. And it was you the FA that banned a theory him. that, you know, it's literally, you will you never know. Yeah, unproved theory. <laughs> Problem, what we do know um, is that Sol Campbell wasn't enough to propel us through the tournament. That's the one thing that we do know. Uh, un- mm. Harsh, disallowed goal. It was a harsh, disallowed goal. <laughs> Come on, you know. Um, okay, then in midfield, I've got a midfield three. Okay. And I've got... It, do, it doesn't work at all, by the way. I, it does not work in the slightest. It, it's a, as Lee said, it's a fanciful uh, 11. It's a player... We're in fantasy land right now. It doesn't matter. I've got David Beckham. Yes, we're wow. all going to have him. Central, okay. No, on the right-hand side of a centre three, actually, I think. Are you, are you playing another 4-4-2, four, four, Woods? No, 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 I've got 4-3-3. Three, three. Okay. Um, uh, Paul Scholes. Yes. Uh, and Paul Gascoigne. Mm. See, I, yeah, I should have put Gazer in now, thinking about it. Because you're all going to laugh when I say my one. So my, my, my two are the same. I think it's Barmby or someone. <laughs> So I, I've gone for obviously David Beckham and Paul Scholes. Uh, I've, I've then gone for Joe Cole. 
And as my as my other midfielder, uh, centre midfielder. Wow, <laughs> Beckham and Cole, centre midfielder. No, so I'm playing Scott. I'm playing Scott in a, in a deeper role. What? None of them can he's tackle. Going, he's going old school. So have neither you got Stephen Gerrard or Frank Lampard? No, no. Yeah, I've got the three of them. They could never play together, mate. So. Right, they never got to play together because Sven wouldn't play a central three and tell Gerrard to sit deep. Honest to God. It, like, it, mate, do you know why I haven't got the pair of them? Right, and I genuinely thought about this as well. I tried to think, right? So I looked at... I know that Paul Scholes is the best midfielder, I, English midfielder I've ever seen, right? For me, he's the best. So he has to be in there. I, I agree. And David Beckham gave me one of my fine, my greatest memories as an England fan with the penalty against Argentina and the free, and kick. The free kick against Greece. And Paul Gascoigne absolutely murdered Colin Hendry. He did. In Euro 96. And that was one of my happiest moments as a child. Oh, yeah. And I tried to, I hunted through and I looked for, I tried to think of Lampard and I was like, okay, scored a disallowed goal against Germany. Um, don't know what else he did. Steven Gerrard scored against uh, uh, against Germany in the 5-1. Um, but then also passed the ball to Thierry Henry. And Lampard and Gerrard both play, all played in tournaments. We didn't do it. We, we was flattered to deceive. Looked a bit shit. They never played well together it, on the same pitch. Like I know you say that they didn't play in the same system. Mm-hmm. They never played well together in the same game at all, ever. If they were that good... And so I just looked at it, it was my own personal enjoyment. Beckham and Gascoigne gave me better memories than they did. And Skulls is better than the pair of them. So I just, for me, that was just my thought process. That's all. And I just love Joe Cole, which is why he featured in my team. Joe Cole famously never playing central midfield. Or... <laughs> Who said he's a playing central? He's not playing central. He's a roaming, like, you know, central. With, with, with Bex basically as well playing central. Roaming to the right. Right. I mean, like, so we, Wait, who, who's in the middle yeah, of this? Kind of you haven't heard who's up front yet. So obviously I'm playing, I'm playing players up front that can... I'm looking know, forward to this. Drop. Oh, let's hear it. Let's hear it. So wait, just for, so you've got Beckham, Lampard and Gerrard? No, no, no. I've, I've, cause Beckham's in my team, but he ain't playing in central midfield. Um, All right, okay, okay. So you've got Skulls, Gerrard and Lampard? Yeah, basically. I've got the three of them. Because I, I, I do... It's one of those massive, massive what-ifs if we had a played a three with those players. I, just, I mean, it's the ideal three as well. That's the hilarious is. thing about because they it. It all play a specific. They got the talents to literally play each of those roles perfectly. Yet we had a manager who was incapable of seeing it. It's, it's, it's incredible looking back, isn't it? It's genuinely it's incredible. Depressing. It's so depressing. I watched. Um, Do you watch these What I Wore programs by B, BT Sport? They kind of get no. the players in and they talk about, like, they talk with a guy who's got all their ex kits and they talk about. Oh, I've seen a couple of them yeah. where they go through the old shirts. I love it. They had Owen Hargreaves on this weekend. It was really fascinating. And Owen Hargreaves spoke about this team and these three. And he was like, he even touched on it the fact that it's a shame that those players played in that era because now three in the midfield is the, the thing to do, right? And that those three in the middle together would have been able to make it work, no doubt. It's just the fact that Gerard and Lampard and a two was garbage. Yeah, it was awful. Absolutely awful. So let's go to strikers. So up front, I know that Lee won't have... No, I don't know which one of you won't have this player. Alan Shearer. Yep. Michael Owen. Yes. And Wayne Rooney. Yes. <laughs> That's literally what I've got, yeah. I did debate with Teddy Sheringham instead of Shearer just because, you know, I don't really like Shearer that much, but... Oh, yeah. man. I had to obviously go with, with Shearer. Who have you got, Woods? Beckham's playing right. Sterling's playing left. And Harry Kane's playing through the middle. 
So you've gone very contemporary here. Well, yeah. I mean, ultimately... Um, Who's ha- Beckham crossing it to? Harry Kane. He can't hit the ball. He'll be all right, mate. He'll make it work. <laughs> Beckham's so good at crossing... That he'll, so it, is, Be- is Beckham playing like in a like a Mo Salah role here? <laughs> No, no. no the, 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 <laughs> you're killing me and you're midfield and you've got basically three strikers standing on each other's toes. Don't hey, give me stick, mate. <laughs> I don't understand. Where, right. where is he playing? He is playing on the right-hand side of a... Like, you, you say, he's playing right wing to just put the ball in the box. He's standing in about a 10-yard radius, basically. Basically. Right. I do not have the intention of David Beckham taking anyone on, although he did murder uh, Roberto Carlos once at Old Trafford, right? He did indeed. He did. He did there indeed. you go, Lee. So, um, quite down there. With, with regard to Sterling, Sterling is genuinely a world-class player that we've got. Right, so, to talk about Sterling, because he's... Cause, right. This is why I had to choose 4-3-3. Because what left wingers have we had? Raheem Sterling, and that is it. Like, we, we know that we've been bereft. It's the classic thing where it's like, oh, if only a gigs had played for, for England, which he never could have done. Um... It's, it's there forever. That's why, you know, Joe Cole played left wing for England. <laughs> not, not well, I, I, I literally can't see why this doesn't work. Like, he plays there. There must have be Joe Cole, a... Have Cole and Beckham. Who's putting a boot in there? There must be a chasm <laughs> in your midfield, mate. An absolute fucking chasm by the sounds of it. It's just basically a turnstile, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's fantasy, isn't it? It's names. It's names, names on a paper. You, you play, you're playing too much PES, mate. That's, that's what's going on here. I've, I've seen the formation that you play. Hey, we, yeah. we play two holding midfielders sometimes. Yeah, we do sometimes. <laughs> those, those holding midfielders happen to be Joe Cole and David Beckham. <laughs> <laughs> Um, one of them is Kevin De Bruyne. <laughs> hey, I mean, basically, I'm assuming that you've got David Beckham playing the De Bruyne role in your teams, right? That's effectively why you got him playing inside. We spoke yeah. about this, the inside yeah, yeah. right, yeah. Yeah. He, he, he'd, be, look, he'd be perfect in that position. The only reason I didn't put him there because I wanted to emphasise the point that I do solidly believe that those three could have worked with a better manager and in a better system. Beckham can't play right wing. He's got no chance there, mate. He's going to be He's playing. Got Gary Neville overlapping, mate. It's He's... fine. I tell you what, Neville and Beckham in this era of football would look so pedestrian. <laughs> Could you imagine? I mean, Bex would have to go inside and play the De Bruyne role at this point, and I think it would suit him well. Um, Neville chugging away up that right, mate. <laughs> Neville, mate. God, he's lucky he came through in the nineties. Ah, oh, dear. Let's go. Let's move on. Let's move on. So we have several categories here. I'll, I'll leave the time master. I'll press the lap all the time here on the, on the phone. That's fine. Um, we've got several categories. We're going to go through... Because it's the end of the... Well, it was the England 1,000th game, right? That's and what we started done thinking. Yeah. We started thinking about, okay, well, it's actually the end of the decade. And we were thinking of things to do in the, in, in, in the international week and because uh, there's nothing to talk about. England beat some jobber team, whatever, nil, who cares? Um, and... We started to think, we've, you know, end of the decade is a big deal, right? 2019, we're going into 2020. Let's talk about the best things that have happened in this fucking decade. So we have several categories. Player, manager, team, goal, favourite moment, best rivalry, favourite player, most shocking moment. And then that was all of them. But I had, I did yeah. It, yeah. And, um, and our 11. And our 11 as well, our favourite 11. So let us start. The way we're going to do this, I will start the category... And then I'll fire at one of you to give me the player person you've got or the, your answer. I might even fire at myself. Okay? 
Yeah. Okay. Could wow. fire myself, Lee. Yeah. Wow. I have to buy them apples. I know it's crazy, isn't it? So, who is your player of the decade, Thomas Woods? Easy. Easy. It's the greatest player of all time. Ronaldo. Excellent. Okay, that's the greatest done. player of all time. Now, funny enough, they actually both won four Ballon d'Ors this decade. Um, just happens that Messi also won a FIFA Best Award, so he's now won ahead this decade as well. Um, Ronaldo has the four Champions Leagues to, to Leo's too, but um, everyone with eyes and an honest heart knows that Lionel Messi has been the best player this decade. I think it's this decade, what, he had 91 goals in a calendar year, was it? Broke, I think it's right. more than that, uh, broke Gerd Müller's record. It's, it's Leo Messi. I, I, I agree. I also took the time to go on Wikipedia and then work out how many goals he scored this decade, but I think I've gone from the 2010-11 season but either way, it's a ridiculous amount, mate. He's got 487 goals. That's, that's, that's crazy. It's <laughs> just mental. Maybe my maths is bad, though, at the same time. But it's in and around that figure, yeah. I guarantee. It's, 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 it's mental. I've also gone for Lionel Messi because it's obviously Messi. Okay. Um, manager of the decade, Lee Collard. Pep Guardiola. Uh, wherever he's gone, he's done the business. I know... People will argue, you know, he's just gone into the biggest club, you know, in that league, blah, blah, blah. But he's revolutionised football uh, to an extent, wherever he's gone. Um, Re- Re- revolutionised football? Revolutionised. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You happy yeah. with that? Yeah. Um, in terms of um, when it went, obviously, with Barcelona, he, he had the tick attacker system and then went to, to Bayern Munich and he started to kind of change his system to what kind of similar to what we see now with Man City and... Yeah, it's like a, 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 a just a mental press, um, still with the ability to keep the ball well. Um, where, yeah, all these teams are fantastic. So uh, for me, and he's done it over, over the decade with three different clubs. Yeah, I can, I've got Pep. There's, there's, there was no other option. Um, although he only won one Champions League this, this decade, which he personally probably is very disappointed by. He also has um, seven league titles. Uh, he, he, and, and doing it at three different clubs and, and in such an emphatic way as well. A couple of domestic trebles in there as well? Yes, yes, good point. Um, the, the other option, the, the problem is, is that this decade, the other option would be Zinedine Zidane and no one in their right mind is going to pick Zidane over Pep Guardiola. I completely agree. Um, I've also got Pep Guardiola and that leads me on to the team the team of the decade, not like as in individual players, but the overall football club of the decade. Um, I've gone for Barcelona, simply of the fact that depending on how you work out a fucking decade, they've won seven of the last ten. Yep. La, La Liga is basically. Correct. Yeah. Um, obviously, is it the two Champions Leagues in that time? Yep, correct. Um, Five Copa del Reyes, two UEFA Super Cups, two Club mm-hmm. World Cups. Well, let me read out this. Let me read out this starting eleven for you. This is the one that won the Champions League uh, in was it fourteen, fifteen? This is the one with the uh, M N S N the Messi yeah. Suarez name. So right? you've got Testegen, Dani Alves, PK, Mascherano, Jordi Alba, Rakitic, Busquets, Iniesta, Messi, Suarez, and Neymar. That's that's a team, isn't it? That's, that's filthy, absolutely filthy. He said it is. They they have certainly underachieved in Europe. That's the only thing that goes against them. Um, but I've got Barcelona um, because the, they, they went from Pep's Barcelona into Enrique's Barcelona um, and won another treble in doing so. Um, I think Valverde's trying his best to drag this team down at the second second half of this decade. Uh, but 
I never really warmed to the Madrid team. I feel that they, I feel that the four European Cups they won, there was an, always an element of fortune with them. Um, I never felt no, they no. were the best team in Europe. No, exactly. I think that it was the willpower of Cristiano Ronaldo in a lot of circumstances there that powered them through. And also some pretty iffy officiating. I mean, one game in particular against Bayern Munich sticks in my mind where Bayern had them finished. Um, and then Vidal got sent off for some bullshit reason. And uh, the game got away from Bayern that day. And this kind of shit always went their way. And with VAR, um, hopefully that will be the end of it, right? <laughs> <laughs> you hope so, Lee. Um, was this the uh, what are we going for sorry team yeah yeah yeah. I've gone Barcelona yeah. for all of the reasons we just said or yeah, pretty any, much. any other and, reasons and some of the reasons that I added on as well with the extra trophies that have won across the decade Mate, they're, 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 I mean I, growing up as a kid I was always a Real Madrid fan but uh, I found myself as in the probably in literally in the last 10 or so years is that I, I just prefer uh, Barcelona now I just, I, something about Real Madrid I've, Woods talks about it a lot with their fans you know they're, they're kind of you know the fact they had probably you know the second greatest player of all time, and they're, they're their getting, best ever player, their best ever player, and they're getting the white handkerchiefs out. You know they're just they're a bit of a I don't know scumbag of a club, I guess. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, sums it up pretty well. Um, so this one's quite a fun category. Our favourite goal of the decade. Okay, because this is subjective, right? This is completely. This is up to your own personal opinion of what makes a good goal. Okay, now. I'm going to start with, with, with Lee. Thank God. <laughs> Talk me through yeah, yours, Mr. Because you're, you're going to probably laugh, aren't you, when I say my one then. Uh, I've gone for, for Kasami. Mate, that's who I've gone for. <laughs> uh, excellent. There you go. That's literally Mate. who I went for. Oh, wow. Yeah. October 2013, Kasami against Crystal Palace. Woods is looking like I, I don't remember this goal, which is uh, quite just... crazy. It's the one where he takes it on the chest, mate. It's a long ball played up the line. He takes it on the chest, and in one movement, it's a volley, dip and volley. Is this the, the guy for Fulham? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I mean, that's an unbelievable goal for what it's a, worth. It's a great goal. That wasn't even... Because the thing is, I, 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 I sent these, these lists over to you to say, yeah, let's do this. And then I realised, how the fuck am I going to remember goals from a decade? You've done really well here, because I, I basically went through the top threes from the uh, Puskas Awards. And I, well, I also had a look at the Puskas. There's, as there's well. some good goals in there. Neymar features a lot early on for went back when he was um, at Santos, but um, there was a couple that stood out, uh, and, and the, 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 one, the one that I'm going with is actually James Rodriguez at the World Cup, and it was because um, at that moment, <laughs> a lot of the goals I didn't watch live. That one I was watching. Yeah. Um, and because it was such a feel-good World Cup for Colombia, Hammers was having an amazing World Cup, and then he did this unbelievable chest down, and in one fluid motion with the ball tight to his body, managed to like, uncork a, a cracking volley in off the underside of the crossbar. Crucially, always looks good, which always looks good. It may well not be the best goal, but it's the one that I remember most fondly. I would say. I completely agree because when we uh, we discussed this topic beforehand, um, I, well, I was going through the Puskas Awards as well, and obviously Rodriguez come up, and then I said exactly the same thing. I remember watching it live. I remember my reaction. I remember just being wow, like you know, just the excitement went through me. I remember jumping up out of my seat, and it was like a Columbia game. It was just that good. And you had just gone out of the room, and I remember like screaming. I know. Like, I was uh, I was at work. 
I remember oh, someone had gone oh, out of the room, oh, or maybe it was James Bazan yeah. then. I was like, James, James, get back in here. This is mental, you know. And it was, yeah, it's, it's hard uh, not, not to disagree, especially on the scale. But my, I based my one on Kasami. Just, uh, the, the, and don't get me wrong, Hammer's really, really has got great technique. But I love Kasami's goal. It's, it just seems beautiful, one motion, chest and volley. Um, it's just fluent and it flew in the top corner but obviously with Rodriguez yeah. you do get the aesthetically pleasing crossbar which is the thing with Kasami's goal for me the reason I went for it is because it stayed with me it's a nothing game against Fulham versus Palace from 2013 which we watched and when when this um, when when I looked at this category it was the first thing I thought of there you go that's the one and I was like if it's the me. first thing I thought of then it's definitely that I've got some other ones I want to just mention as well so the Rodriguez one, of course, because yeah. that was a fucking great goal. Um, I've got Patrice Evra versus Bayern Munich. That was a scorcher, um, mate. Purely on the basis, that's the last time I felt any joy as a Man United fan. Of course, that was under Moise, wasn't it? Yeah, that was the last time I felt any joy as a Man United fan. And it was Patrice Evra, one of my favourite ever players. And it gave me hope, you know. Um, I've got, and then I've also got Van Persie against Aston Villa. Similar it's, a sweet, it's a sweet strike yeah. for the hat trick to basically win the league. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Okay. Um, a, a, love, a lovely goal. What because like, the ball from Rooney is really fucking good, and he just watches it all the way and corks a beautiful. When, when you left. watch when you watch his leg, mm-hmm. it's the leg against the body and like it's just how beautifully like straight it is. Yeah, like, that's why I'm Van, really far away here, but Van, yeah, it's just beautifully straight. Van Persie is the holder of you know, I love his technique so much. So I love Mason Greenwood because he reminds me a lot of Van Persie and his technique. I've heard this. Um, I've heard that they've got really similar technique with getting their body over the ball. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there are a couple of other ones I really I, I would like to know what Woods' other one was from the Puskas Awards because I, I saw one and I was like, wow. And I don't recall seeing it. But is that it the in, one you showed me? Yeah, in yeah. 2010. So Woods Yeah, look, this is the problem. Um, <laughs> some some of the no, names are quite difficult for me to remember. So mine was uh, out and top. Out and top. Yeah, the one the, from the, the corner of the volley. From the corner. Oh my oh, god! Mate. It's uh, such and the, the ball's high, thing. high yes. to take on the volley there. Um, I guess the other one that sticks with me. Um, in fact, there'll be two. They're both from the Camp Nou. Uh, but Ramirez against Barcelona, uh, which is probably the most important goal in Chelsea's history. The calmness to to lob the ball in that moment. Um, in Messi's backyard and, and then obviously the Fernando Torres goal as well um, where <laughs> he loses the ball proceeds to run away fortunate that Ashley Cole basically wins the ball back the ball gets cleared camera pans and, that, and then you kind of realise that Fernando Torres is literally all on his own with Busquets basically lagging in no man's land Um and then basically paid off his fifty million pound price tag. So that, those are the two probably more personal ones. Like Mikey was kind of touching on a bit with I think some of those, you know, especially the Ramirez one because I I had no idea. Although he's Brazilian, I had no idea he had that in his locker. Well, if we're going for a quick personal one, then obviously I have to mention the uh, Jermaine Beckford goal oh, for Everton God. against uh, Chelsea. Oh, it was, wasn't it? it was, that was definitely in this decade. God, it was twenty eleven. Uh, Yes, the, uh, the 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 beautiful run and skill of, of Beckford to carry it from his own box all the way through to the other box, and then to have the delightful dink and finish over a, a, a hot informed pet and check. So, the most uh, jammiest goal you've ever seen. The most bumbly, fucking scuttlebug goal you ever. Mate, you got to let him have it. Awful. You got to let him have it, mate. They haven't had anything since '95. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't try and chew on Rideout into this or something. <laughs> 
Right, okay, so now we're going on to our favourite moment. Okay, favourite moment. This should be a clean sweep. It has to be a clean of sweep. Of the decade. Oh, it should be a, It me. should be the cleanest of sweeps there has ever been. And I will go first to... to, to boys, to, boys, 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 you need to guess You need to guess what I'm going with here because I've got a really bad feeling that we are not aligned on this. Uh, you're going to go obviously for like a Chelsea moment, of course, aren't you? Obviously, well, I know I just remembered. Well, yes, because one of our we teams won, won a European League. Cup this decade. Yeah, fine. Okay. Great. Good. Good. Good for you. I mean. Um, so that that was your. Okay. That was your yeah. One. When Didier Drogba stroking the ball into the bottom corner past Manuel Neuer in their okay. backyard. Well, mine is nothing to do with Man United, and yours is nothing to do with Everton. No. Eh? Which no. says a lot about the decade for Manchester United. I feel. <laughs> it does make a point. Uh, my thought is straight away is to go, obviously go with what our answer is going to be. He's obviously gone. Oh yeah, I've got some good uh, memories to record this uh, decade. Uh, I'll take the Champions League. Maybe we've won the league a couple of times this decade, boys. Sharp. He did. That is true. Such as Ben Ben Percy. His exactly. Goals. Sharp. You know what are you about? Okay. Well, I obviously have nothing. <laughs> hey man, you. Uh... Had Tim Cahill. Crucially, though, Lee, crucially, you won as many trophies as Tottenham did this decade. That is, that, that is, is true. Nice. That is very true. Thank, thank you for bringing that to my attention, Woods. Oh, dear. You're so, welcome. Um, it's Gerard slipping. <laughs> oh. <laughs> mate. The, <laughs> yeah, of course How many it times is. do we get to discuss this on the pod, mate? It, it's, it's brilliant. Oh, my God. Oh, my the God. The perfect... The perfect... It does not sleep now. <laughs> It's perfect. It will never be beaten. And, then, and this, is, uh, this is, again, a, kind of a small reason why if Liverpool do win the league this year, you know what? They've already done something that will give me joy for the rest of my life, OK? I just realised as well, though, that slip obviously occurred against Chelsea. So you'd like to think that they yeah. still like to fe- feature in these like, number one favourite moments. Okay. A slightly European Come on. One of the the moment I chose was literally the moment Chelsea won a European Cup. But yeah, I mean, sure, I'll pick the moment that Gerard basically lost the title for Liverpool over it against your boys. It was against our boys. Um, I guarantee you, you have looked back more fondly at Gerard slipping and talked about it in more glowing terms in your lifetime since the moment happened than you have reminiscing and talking about you winning the European Cup final. Certainly, I, on, this, I certainly on this podcast, but I don't think I'll get away with talking about the European Cup drive that much. Um, God, I mean, it's I've given def- me I've def- more joy than so many things in my life. I mean, it's the most meme. It has to be the most memed thing from this decade in terms of football, right? He got to be. There's so many different things. The thing is, he wanted it so the much. thing is, like you say, Michael, the key thing to remember when they do win the title this year, the key thing to remember is that Steven Gerrard, their greatest ever player, didn't get to do it. He didn't get to enjoy it. And it probably won't sit with him well either. Um, there's kind of like, and I don't want to get into this too much, but they, they, the Red Sox baseball back in, I think, the 80s, they had a World Series in their hands and a geezer at first base let a ball go through his legs and they lost the game, lost the series. Um, and it haunted him because, like Liverpool, there was a long drought. Funny enough, same owners. Um, they eventually ended that drought. Um, but ultimately, I think his name is Bill Buckner. Took no joy in that moment at all. Um, and it will be the same for Stephen Gerrard that although his team have gone on and won a league, it will probably be painful for him to see it happen. Yeah. So at least we'll have that. 
he just mentioned a name there that reminded me of Eric Butner. So, you know, he, he was, it, was that his first name? The guy who played for Man United, a left back? You know, what was his name? Yeah. He was yeah. this decade, mate. He was, he was chippy as well, we, we should have done the, We should have done the category most forgotten player in the, you know, from this decade. He was awful. And he would have definitely gone in there. He was awful. Um, yeah, he was awful. Um, <laughs> but no, Steven Gerrard at Slipping is just, you know... It, it, it was a culmination of everything. The, 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 well, it wasn't even the culmination, but the, obviously that incorporates the Palace game. Cristian Ball. Um, Suarez crying into the camera, you know, and, and, and Gerard with a little tear in his eye when he's, when he's trying to console him. And you've the, got fans, the, the, the fans, the fans, the bus, the banners. Oh, God. The, you know. Obviously, the, like, that fat guy with like, the big face or chin, you know. Oh, he, he, that's what, brilliant. what was it? You're doing a fine job, son, or something. Well, you know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing a fine that. job, son. Oh, my God. How, 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 how am I doing, boss? How am I doing, boss? <laughs> You're doing fine, son. You're doing just We've oh. just lost the last Liverpool fan, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but he was never here. Uh, that's true. Um, right, on to the next one. Best rivalry of the decade. I'll start with this one. I couldn't pick a, I couldn't pick this as in a team's. For me, the rivalry of the decade is, 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 is personified by Ronaldo versus Messi. It's the correct choice. But I also have on here um, Arsenal Fan TV versus Arsene Wenger. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we would have a good one we need to put in the mix. Because um, I feel that, much like the Gerard Slip moment, this has given me more joy. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, ultimately... Um, when you when you think of rivalries, you do you know they, they, obviously there's great rivalries through history with, with sports. More in America with head to heads, you talk about um, Magic and and Bird, but th- th- this this was ours. You know we never really had a proper rivalry in this, and they they propelled each other to you know levels where I don't think any player will ever uh, reach again. Henri Venisteroy. <laughs> yeah, um, but, <laughs> Just but you know what I mean, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't really remember a, you know, Vieira Keane, right? But that was more yeah. because, for us, wasn't it? I, I can't imagine on the continent they were sitting there rubbing their hands at Vieira Keane, and that was only when they came together Kicking as two well. Fucking lumps of shit out of each other every week. This was every week, going head to head. Who was going to score more? Who was going to do more? Who was going to have the highlight real moment? Um, and it has genuinely pushed them to to unbelievable extremes um, and, and feats that I just do not believe will be equaled. I'd be very interested to see when you've got two athletes that have pushed themselves and pushed themselves and pushed themselves and pushed themselves, pushed themselves more so than potentially to any other footballers ever, especially in the case of Ronaldo, because it all is for him. It's not, it, it's hard work for that guy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I'll be very interested to see what they are like as they approach kind of elderly age. Do you know what I mean? He's probably going to be imagine. a mess. What's that? Ronaldo's body will be a mess. This like, is it, like an absolute mess. I wonder, like, because the thing for me, which I always find fascinating about sportsmen, is the mental state you have to be in to be the best. Where you literally have to take. I mean, was it Chuck Liddell when he was um, in UFC back when UFC wasn't wasn't quite the sophisticated sport that it is now? What is a um, hand throwing contest? Exactly, his mindset when he used to walk into that cage was, "I'm going to kill the person opposite me." That is how much he got himself into the zone. He he says. I am going to kill the person. I am going to go up there and I'm going to kill him dead. That's the crazy mindset that some people have to get into where you have to really push your fucking limits at all times. And I wonder, doing that for so long, like the pair of them have, 
How is that going to play, A, on their physical bodies, certainly in the case of Ronaldo, but also in their mental state? When they get to the point where I can't be the best anymore, do they go into management and try and be the best that way? Do, what do they do? How do they react to show. all of a sudden there is another new Ballon d'Or player and he's now getting all that? Do you know what I mean? How are they going to react to this as elite sportsmen who have been the best in their field for 10 years? It's going to be years. fascinating, isn't it? Their post, their post football career is going to be very interesting um, because I can't see Messi as a coach because he falls into that category where football was so easy to him that it was never having to appreciate tactics or anything. It was just basically living it. And similarly, I think Ronaldo would fall into the category of um, a coach that can never comprehend why his players just not as dedicated Roy or yeah exactly dedicated or as good as he is and I think he'll always struggle with that I think fortunately for Ronaldo certainly he has a lot of off-field stuff you know he's got a lot a lot of business stuff and I think that he'll probably just become a crazy business person afterwards mm. um, with Messi I, I kind of feel sad for him in a way because where Diego Maradona got to retire his coke filled lifestyle in Argentina um, and he's loved for it because Messi's never really felt the love of Argentina, I think he's in no man's land. It's a strange one. He's never, it's never happened for him on the international stage. Um, I, I always get the feeling with Messi that he's not the sort of person though that does that would probably maybe take that too much to heart. I don't, I don't think he. I don't think I he see. Does. I always thought that, but then he got tattoos. <laughs> no, seriously. That was the moment when I realised Messi cares about how he looks, and he, you know I me, mean? he cares a little bit about stuff that isn't just mindless football. Because he had like, oh, right, okay. he had like, I, a, I thought you meant the tattoos had re- relevance. No, 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 but like, because when he was breaking through and stuff, he had like a twelve quid haircut. He looked fucking, he looked absolutely ridiculous compared to groomed Ronaldo. Do you know what I mean? And it was just like this guy doesn't really care. He, I always thought he looked a little bit autistic, a little bit weird. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, he turned into a, a little bit conscious about his image a little bit in terms of do you know what I mean I think that's just maturity as you just develop as you get older I mean well, he up until very recently his fucking suits at the uh, Ballon d'Or was were still horrific oh that's fair oh, he's like had some Velvety great Burgundy. suits mate. he's had some great suits I'm not, I'm not hearing this Mr Lee Lee Collard turns on he's just like plain black suit <laughs> traditional functional mate. is what that is mate you're like no 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 frills here functionality first what's your uh, rivalry Lee My, mine, mine's the same I've gone for, for Messi, Ronaldo. Okay. I mean, I did try and think through the teams, but yeah, I came to the same it conclusion. Just, it just, that it just dominates one. our decade. You know, the, the right, fact that Sky are trying to force us as Liverpool-Man City as a rival, it's like, nah. That'd <laughs> be silly. Nah. nah. It's not, because you know it's not long-term. And Why is it not going to be there? So El Clasico. I kind of feel El Clasico lost its way once basically Real Madrid were just garbage in the league every season. I love, I did enjoy the shithousery El Clasicos. The ones the with ones Pepe, Pepe and Ramos. Pep, Pep and Jose. Because Jose and Pep weren't there, I just feel they just yeah. lost it. Yeah, I, know, I agree. Um, right, so let's, let's, let's rattle through a few of these now. Um, Favourite player of the decade? I've kind of gone with Messi because we kind of mentioned him at the beginning. So he's, he's, I, mean, I, don't, I mean, whenever I watch Messi play, I, I know I'm going to be, I'm going to enjoy it. So, you know... Yeah, that, that was my answer. I mean, I obviously being an Everton fan, mate, I don't really have much to choose from. You know, as you mentioned, maybe like a Timmy Cahill or something like that. You know, it's, you know, you know, we're talking world class. You know, when I want to watch someone that's really good, Strakulas, you not ring those bells. Exactly, oh. it's it's, it's Lionel Messi, mate. Okay. It, it is a tricky one this one because I sent it and it, I, I realised when I sent it that really I think 
all of us would honestly say it was Leo Messi. I think Leo Messi's done stuff that's just basically bent our minds. Um, I remember, I remember it was this decade uh, where he basically murdered Leverkusen in the Champions League, wasn't it? Yeah. Where he just completely went ham on them. Um, I, I guess what I would say is that Eden Hazard was the only top level player that we had at our at Chelsea for a long time this decade. We we went, we went came into the end of this decade with the the end of our um, kind of first great era, Czech, Drogba, Lampard, Terry, and that all faded out. And then we were just left with Eden Hazard, who obviously left very memorable moments for us. So um, Every other season. Um, there, there is that element. And I, I know what you mean, because as a fan, that's why it's difficult for me to choose Eden Hazard when it did feel like it was every other season. But that, that was part of part of that player sadly uh, but some of the moments that he left obviously with the club he, he scored some incredible goals and obviously won uh, I think he won two league titles in the end with the club although I do feel that Diego Costa played a big role in in those as well yeah um, I've gone for Zlatan Ibrahimovic because <laughs> good I think other than Messi and Ronaldo you won't find a better player in terms of the decade, in terms of the stats, in terms of the things won. I think he's won things pretty much wherever he's gone. Um, yeah, I mean, ultimately, you do have the advantage that he played for Manchester United for a season and was pretty yep. bloody good as well. So, I, 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 I can't... I, I, you know I love Zlatan, but I can't pick Zlatan just because of the fact he played for you like me. Fair. That's ultimately, fine. he gave you some joy out of this, the second half of this decade, and that may well be it. <laughs> It was enough for me. I think it's when I think it was last time as well, and I'm thinking he's he's been doing it in what MLS and the Farmers League in France. Mm. He's been scoring some great long. goals though. Yeah, he's always yeah, great yeah, value, isn't yeah. it? But he's, he's been. I mean, I, I, the majority of the decade, mate, he's been playing elite level football. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Maybe, like I said, maybe from the beginning when we asked the question, I, I've looked at it from a different perspective. Yeah. And gone for something. Well, let's go to the next one. We've got fire on. Okay. Most shocking moment of the decade. Shall I go first? Far away. It's Brazil getting murdered it's, by Germany. It is Brazil getting murdered garden. by Germany. It is definitely that moment. Um, I don't think that nation will ever get over that. Um, getting spanked like that in the semi-final in your own backyard. The tears. I will always remember the tears. Because, look, I, you know, my fans, I, I started to get sick of Brazil in that tournament. Their national anthems to start with, the pandering to them, letting them basically be able to sing the entire fucking song over and over. And I was like, no, I'm not having this. I'm done with this lot. I'm done with this lot. And then Germany went and completely pounded them ruthlessly. They ran the score up. It was it was so shocking to watch. And the tears, the tears that, oh, no, we're not going to win our own World Cup. But it was written in the stars. And then Germany went and gave them a big fuck you about that. They said, no, not happening. I. Oh, Incredible moment, wasn't it? Um, who, who was the guy that came off the bench? Um, played for Fulham and Chelsea, Scherler. Scherler. He came off the bench and was told, ex- like specifically, don't try and score. Bags Comes off the brace. bench, literally bags a brace. Brilliant, <laughs> love it. What's that? Yeah, I won't try and score. Fuck you. I'm gonna twist the knife. Is what we're gonna do. The, Knock their house down. A couple of other moments that I've got on here. Um, Neymar's transfer to PSG. Yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty big, to be fair. Uh, Portugal winning Euro twenty sixteen, which we we all three enjoyed that moment greatly. Watched it at your house, didn't we? We, we did. We did watch it there, and uh, I love that. That was so good. What a crazy moment! And then obviously Leicester winning the Premier League. 
Okay. I, I've taken this question a different way. As uh, with all the other questions, apparently. I love um, it. Uh, yeah, well, not, it's probably, in terms of sh- shocking moment, I had a F- Fabrice Mwamba for when he had his uh, heart attack at, um, on, on a football pitch. Was that really That's, this decade? Yeah, that was in 2013, I think. God. Yeah. No, 12. 2012, FA Cup quarterfinal. And uh, obviously his uh, heart beat, uh, his heart didn't beat for 78 minutes. Uh, so you know that's mad. Um, the fact that he lives now it, it's just it's incredible um, but in terms of obviously watching a player just collapse on a football pitch um, and still live to tell the tale in terms of what he actually went for in terms of like you know, like I said 78 minutes of no heart beating he, he was he was one lucky boy it was almost a miracle you know in terms of the, he had there were doctors by the pitch side which wasn't you know something that was always mm. readily available in, in a professional football match Um Pretty much saved his life because he received the attention, you know, within you know within the minute. Yeah. So yeah, I I, I took it as shocking in terms of you know like a, the, the oh, other the other one for me yeah. on that note was the Leicester owner. Oh God, yes. yeah, Jesus. Yeah, that was shocking, proper shocking as well. Um, but I, mean, I enjoy your boys' ones, you know. Obviously, the the, the route was you know. Pochettino's made a late run for it on on this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. The last one now. Um, our 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 best eleven of the of of the decade. Right, right. Uh, shall I run through same as we did with the other? Yeah, go for it. Goalkeeper, I've gone Manuel Neuer. Yep. I've gone Buffon. Okay, wrong decade, mate. <laughs> I will say Buffon. Every time I saw him play for Juventus for like the last half of his career, he was absolute. Manuel Neuer no, got a Ballon d'Or. I watched him the other day. Literally put off a ridiculous save. He's mate, still doing he's it now. No good. Man, oh. the, la- the last like three, certainly the last three seasons for Juventus when they were trying to when they were playing like Spurs in the Champions League, he was awful. And you look you look at it and you go, ah, oh, geez, but you're like, oh, that was. I, I guess you could argue uh, Manuel Neuer kind of uh, changed the way goalkeeping that, is. That's why the keeper. So it, it's fair to say Ballon d'Or no. nominee as well I think he was in the top yeah. three as well World Cup winner yeah um, then I've got right back Danny Alves yep yes I've got centre half pairing of Gerard Piquet yep and Sergio Mo the fucking Ramos absolutely fucking lootly of course of course the only likeable thing about Real Madrid <laughs> mate R- R- Sergio Ramos nearly made my favourite player of the decade <laughs> right yeah I love him. I absolutely love him. Oh, that's a great him. show. I hadn't really thought about it, but yeah. I have the utmost respect for a man who is naturally so... Because ta- he's so talented anyway, right? He's a really talented footballer. He's genuinely a very talented boy. And he could be an incredible footballer just relying on his talent and his physical attributes. But no, he has to cheat as well. He has to be a he's scumbag. Kind of like, I could be like a Paolo Maldini, a wonderful, appreciated talent, but I'd rather shithouse my way through my uh, career. I'd rather be Maldini plus Matarazzi. You know what I mean? Just, uh, he, he needs that bastardry in there as well, and I respect him Absolutely. enormously for that. Absolutely. Um, left back, I've got Marcelo. Correct. Party yeah. boy always features. Um, this is where... I feel like a thief for best 11, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> This is where it's probably going to change a little bit. I've got five players here who I believe have been very good this decade. Uh, Tony Kroos. Yeah, I've got him in. Okay. Luka Modric. Yes. I, I have, of course, Luka Modric in of my Of course team. you do. Ballon d'Or winner. Dear, dear Just in case boy. we have forgotten. <laughs> yeah, fair point. 
And Iniesta. Yes. So, yeah, I've, I've got, got Iniesta. Um, so th- that's your midfield three. That's I've got I've got biscuits. Three. I've got biscuits in as well instead of Modric. I nearly had biscuits instead of Modric. Sorry, who who was your other guys? Cruz. Yeah, I, yeah, I, oh, yeah, I don't have Cruz. You don't have Tony Cruz. No, I won a no, World so Cup. Have, yeah. No, I have. No, okay. No. <laughs> I have bis- I, what did Modric do at the World Cup, mate? I can't remember. <laughs> Got a Ballon d'Or after him, mate. That's what he, he did. did. He did. It was a pity Ballon d'Or, Where's, mate. Where's Cruz's it, Ballon d'Or? I don't see him with a Ballon d'Or. That Perez sorted that out so much. It was like, oh, it should be Ronaldo, but because he's now gone and moved to Juve, we're going to give it to Luka Modric. All right. And then up front. <laughs> I'm looking forward to this. Messi. Yep. Ronaldo. Yep. Yes. Abrahamovic. No. What you got, Lee? Lewandowski. Oh. I nearly... Funny enough, yeah. I've, I've got Luis Suarez. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm taking into, obviously, what he does in terms of, like you say, on, on the pitch, what he does is great. What he does on the pitch, he's also a cunt as well. He goes around biting people, being Mate, racist. My team no, has he is Ramos not getting at one end, and it is Suarez at the other. <laughs> Ramos isn't a racist fucking biting cunt. That you know of. <laughs> Allegedly. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, well, yeah, well, the, the, Suarez Look, I'm is I'm sure we all featuring. have our points. Look, Luis Suarez carried Liverpool to a nearly a title. <laughs> so does that make him worthy of, of, of an 11? Look, I, I get Lewandowski. I, I, I do like Lewandowski a lot, but I think he's kind of... It's Bayern Munich, mate. I, I just, and Dortmund, mate. And I know, Dortmund I know he's decade. mega at Dortmund and he had that great night um, against Real Madrid, Real Madrid. Right? Yeah, against he had Real Madrid, that fantastic yeah. performance, but... Um, let's not forget the tears of Africa because of Luis Suarez. <laughs> God. Jesus. Good God. So he goes into your 11 because he made a continent cry. Absolute skullduggery hey, factor. Look, look, I, I said I was annoyed about the Brazil fans. during. We you know what was more annoying? 2010 having basically uh, the fact that every time, and every time an African team did something, it was all about, for Africa, for Africa. And Suarez went, enough of this shit. It's done. Yeah, well. Well, okay. They, they took that Shakira song on board, didn't they? Evidently so. Evidently so. Um, okay, well, let's move on to predictions. A very quick predictions. A very quick predictions. We'll fly through. God. So they're, 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 they're the awards, you know. They're the awards. Maybe we'll put them up after. Maybe we'll do, do something. Just, I, I mean, I just yeah, I'll, I'll put them up. I just want to say one thing about the, this decade, though. I don't know if you feel the same, but I, I feel this decade, I've kind of lost some of my love for football because I feel getting older. Yeah, about so many. It's just I know, I know that, but I think that as time's gone on, that certain elements of the romance have been taken from the game, and it is due to the way that technology has crept in and I don't just mean VAR on this I mean the the advent of social media has basically given birth to fucking shitheads everywhere um, I, I I hate I hate social media when it comes to right can to I football. can I give you three reasons why I, I I also have the same feelings as you first one social media I agree the second one is the gambling yep yeah, the betting adverts. Every fucking club is sponsored by a betting company. Every fucking just constant nonsense. This charade of just horrendousness and just evil. Just bleh, hate it. And the third one is the fact that um, Sky and BT. It not just being Sky. I love BT's coverage. I think it's really good. I think it's excellent. Yeah, but no fucker watches the Champions League anymore. Yeah. 
doesn't yeah. feel as important in no. some in some ways to me it doesn't feel as important as it used to so what happened to like the generation before in terms of when they well you say you get to watch fo- football but you know as soon as it went to a paper you know thing in terms of sky they lost that ability to ever watch them on terrestrial tv again and now that's happened in our generation with the champions league well, yeah, but I mean, we all. The, what I'm getting at is the the continued um, financial gain of the Premier League in terms of the fact that as a consumer now, you have to pay for fucking Amazon, you have to pay for Sky, you have to pay for BT, you got to fucking pay for fucking everything through the it's nose. Just money, 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 and it, that that and it's the disconnect. I would say technology, but. It's only really happened this season. Do you know what I mean? So it, I yeah. think in over the next decade, that will probably push me further away from this sport. But you know what I mean. Yeah, it's it just. And yes, I, I know the irony of talking about the, the increase of technology and social media about <laughs> football when we were doing on a, a fucking podcast. Yes, I, I understand. And, that. and I'm actively encouraging Woods to tweet. Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> about yeah, football. I, I know. I'm like, I'm like one of those assholes that tweets, but um, it's it's kind of the the fact that fans target it's the it's the abuse that gets me it's the fact that no one can have a conversation on social media about football it's always right. so abusive and it, that that's the problem i've got because um you and we went to uni together right um at the point where chelsea and manchester united were in probably the biggest rivalry in the country and i don't think we ever got into kind of some sort of bitterness about it. and it just feels no. that there's an inability on social media for people to have a conversation and it's, it's, it's also be, the other shit house stuff Dude, do you know why do you know why this is right if I'm talking to you in person, I have my opinion, you have your opinion, we have different opinions, but we're sensible human beings, we can sort it out, right? On Twitter, you'll always find someone that agrees with you. Yeah. And if someone agrees with you, it reinforces your opinion to the point where you don't think you're wrong and you can't see another point of view. And if you... That's why someone like Katie Hopkins gets, gets by, why she doesn't go home every night and want to hang herself. Because... She finds people that agree with her, that reinforces her belief, and that essentially makes her stronger. You know what I mean? And that—that's—that's—that's that's, that's the biggest danger of, of social media. It makes people with moronic opinions feel right to the point where they will dangerously defend it. Ultimately, it's someone sitting behind a computer, so they—they they feel empowered to say it as what they feel. Exactly, but a lot of times you just go, you know what? I don't really give a fuck, mate. Do you know what I mean? Let's go on to predictions, though. Let's go on to predictions. Mm. Okay, so. The opening game on Saturday, we've got West Ham United taking on Tottenham Hotspur. <laughs> Hello, Derby. You'd like, to th- you'd like to think that uh, they would have seen Pochettino just for this game, then you know, just get this one out of the way. I mean, West Ham have never had a better opportunity to turn their fortunes around, no? Oh, yeah. yeah. This, this is a big game now, for because he's under a lot of pressure as well, uh, Pellegrini, because um, their foremost, we've already touched on, um, in the toilet. Off a cliff. Um, uh, I'm going. I'm going West Ham here. I think so too. I, I, I. Sometimes you get a reaction from players, but I don't think you're going to get the reaction you expect from these Tottenham players. I, I think they phoned in for the season, and I think that sacking the manager isn't the message that you wanted to send here. I, I do think you would add a dressing room of players that probably, at least some of them, were very close with Poch. Don't worry, though, they've got a shiny new stadium. It's fine. Yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm saying. I'm saying draw. Okay. West Ham. Um, West Ham were the first team to beat them there as well, for what it's worth. Um, Jose's been put in as favourite. <laughs> Jose? That'll kill you, mate, wouldn't it? I mean, it'd be, that would be generally the death nail in the Jose-Chelsea situation. <laughs> like When he went to United, it was fine, 
right? Because it's United. But if he goes to Tottenham, then it's like, this is done now, mate. See you later. <laughs> um, then we've got Bournemouth facing Wolverhampton Wanderers. I'm, do- I'm, do- I'm doing the, uh, the Jose know. Mourinho, but he's not looking at me here. Oh, sorry, man. Three, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I got you now. Bournemouth Wolves, come on. Bournemouth Wolves. Um, have we missed Arsenal Southampton? Uh, no, that's the next one I have on the list. Oh, it's because it's AFC Bournemouth. Bournemouth. That's why. Yeah, yeah I got it. Um, Stop looking at my, my, my sheet here. I'm not looking at shit. I'm looking at the fixture. Look and see who's who's at home before you shout at me. I just told I you it was Bournemouth versus Wolves. Okay, yeah, excellent. I think Wolves, oh, um, Wolves won last time out, didn't they? Against Villa. I think they looked all right yeah. doing so. Um, Bournemouth are obviously they're, pretty they're, good they're, as well. They're a weird team, Wolves, aren't they? Because they're 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 doing a lot of draws they're not they're not kind of losing any games but at the same time they're not sort of winning lots until last week um Bournemouth for me Bournemouth they're even they're even more sketchier uh I'm, I'm going to take Wolves Woods take a draw excellent ooh, ooh. there now we've got Arsenal for Southampton this is a good game for um Emery to to have on the back of an international window Southampton are dreadful Truly dreadful. Arsenal will beat Southampton comprehensively. If Everton can beat them, then Arsenal can. Yeah. I will also go for Arsenal. Then we have Leicester versus uh, Brighton Hove Albion. Now, Brighton are at home. Yeah. Oh, you threw doing? him there. You threw him. Yeah? You <laughs> yeah. threw him. This will be uh, a good game. Leicester for me. This will be a good Brighton game. Brighton are shit. Brighton aren't shit, mate. Bright- we, 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 they, they, we made them look absolutely awful last week, the other week, mate. They were awful. I, I, I well, you made less of a like bandwagon since the beginning of the season. So I'm going to keep like blowing that trumpet until. Okay. Yeah, I, I think they're. He's a good manager. I like him a lot, but I, just don't. I, I think Brighton are playing better football these days. You know, yeah. I remember when they're playing under Chris Hutton. I just Manchester United you know, have an ability this season to make good football teams look shit. They've done that. Yeah, on I've more said that occasion. all year long. But yeah. I don't know, man. Maybe Brighton played into Man United's hands in terms. Yeah, they absolutely did. Exactly. So. um I'm going to take Leicester though. Yeah, Leicester are the informed team, pretty much, aren't they? they Outside are. Liverpool. Um, yeah, Leicester. Okay, we've got Crystal Palace taking on Liverpool. Liverpool. I'd be a fool not to go for Liverpool. Yes, yeah, Liverpool. But I'm also going to go for Liverpool. Uh, we've got Everton facing Norwich. This is also a lovely game for. I mean, this uh, is our last good game, and then it goes into a bad run of fixtures. So you're, we you're, need a win. Everton will win yeah. this because I we, think we Norwich should win. Yeah. Norwich, well, you are favourites, heavy favourites. <laughs> we, we should be, yeah. Norwich, as we said, they're in the tank. They're fucking four shit. to eleven on. Yeah. Although Puki did score for whoever he plays at Finland, he scored in the in the week, so maybe probably against fucking Georgia or someone. <laughs> I think um, it was against Greece. Oh, great. Um, then we have Watford versus Burnley. Not the game for the purists. Do you know what I mean? Um, you know what? Burnley, I'll go for. Oh, draw for me. Have Watford won yet this season? They beat Norwich, didn't they? They, last time they out? did last time out. Yeah, hot run of form. That was their it? first win under Grazia. Burnley's form away, I don't think, has been anything close to their home form. Um, yeah, you know, I can't pick either though. I'll go draw. And then you're going for going away. Okay. Then we've got the big. Half five game on a Saturday, Manchester City taking on Chelsea. <laughs> so I think Bernardo Silva misses this one. Yes, we should maybe. Yeah. Um, obviously, 
FA finally handed down a punishment for his tweet, which um, was racist. He's not racist. I just want to get that right. He's just ignorant. Um, the best part of that punishment was the fact that he's actually going to be educated on the reasons why that is racist, because clearly that hasn't sort of sunk in as to what he'd done wrong. The fact that he's a friend um, and he thought it was a joke just doesn't wash. Um, one game suspension, £50,000, fine. I thought that was a bit heavy-handed, but I guess they had to do something that showed that this isn't okay. Like, to completely kind of show that. Um, also, with the fact that the environment we're in right now, obviously, of England, off the back of the Bulgaria, I think that kind of not putting in a, a hefty punishment. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Because we put the pressure on the, you know, in terms of, like, say, the Bulgarian, just, you know, in general, like UEFA and their suspensions, they're, they're appalling. Um, so, yeah, whilst it is a little bit heavy-handed, you know, it's a good start in terms of this setting the precedent for moving forward to incidents like this, which obviously you don't want to see, but they probably will incur again. To the matter at hand, Manchester City versus Chelsea. Um, crucially for Man City, I think Edison's back in training. Um, Man City over the last couple of years have very much had Chelsea's number and I, I just can't see Chelsea having enough to beat this City team. What I'm interested to see is, is how Chelsea do compete. They, they competed well against Liverpool, I thought, earlier this season at home. Um, having well, competed well against Man United twice. to the, the... And, and this is it. Like The, the games against Manchester United obviously started well um, against United at Old Trafford and then obviously it got away from us um, when we started chasing the game. I'm trying to think who else we played this season as a top team. I don't think we've had really too many of those tough games so far. So I'm very interested to see how they play, basically. I think Kante's back and available, and I think that's going to be very important. I wouldn't be surprised to to see him starting in kind of a midfield um, pivot role with, with either Jorginho or Kante. I'd imagine Jorginho start with Kante in that position to give a bit of solidarity. Uh, just that City do have just I, I, such I, I high-level think... players. I think though, if this there is a time that you are going to play them and get something from them. I think that now is a good time. Um, I know they lost their last game, so you think they're going to get that sort of bounce back. But um, I don't know. I've, I've, I've got fancy Chelsea to, to nick something. I really do. I think I think Man City, whilst they are good going forward, I think they've got that vulnerability at the back, and Chelsea are scoring goals. Could be a good game, really, in terms of. It'll be a be very goals. good game to watch. This will be a very good game to watch, no doubt. Um, I think go, both teams I'll, I'll, will play football, and this is why I'm going to be watching it on Saturday. I'll be okay. sitting on the fence watching this, praying for a draw. And who are you going forwards? Uh, taking City. I'm also taking City. And then we've got big Sunday game: Sheffield United versus Man United. Half four kickoff. I would love it if you actually lose this game, uh, and I can see it happening because Sheffield United are very good. Sheffield United are really good. Yeah, they ain't uh, being us though. I'm going for United. I'll stick my neck out on the line. I'll say Sheffield United. Fortunately for Manchester United, Pochettino is now available, <laughs> so I'm going to take Sheffield United as well. Rashford continued his good form. Though. His form is is outrageous right now. Yeah, uh, since he's been playing, you, you wait till we get to the winner of the week. Since he's been yeah, playing third week in a row. Since oh my, since he's playing, <laughs> he's been playing left wing. Um, <laughs> Like we said, we've been saying he can't play striker, but he can play left wing, and he's he's proven that. Monday night football: Aston Villa versus Newcastle. Ooh, that's a fun, fun little game, isn't it? High scoring draw for me. I think a draw as well. I'm going to take a Villa. Okay, 
There we have it. There we go. Woods, give me a winner. Wow. I, I, can we start with can we start with losers? Yes. Uh, Tottenham Hotspurs. Tottenham. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> just as a club what, or just What are you, you doing? What are you doing? If they replace Maurizio Pochettino with a finished Jose Mourinho, mate. Oh. Oh, it's just so good, especially Jose Mourinho. Look, it, we, we, we joke about Pep being a checkbook manager, but literally, Jose Mourinho has made a career off being a checkbook manager. Working with Daniel Levy. My God. He is the quintessential checkbook manager. And the thing is, he's going to have to get rid of Mourinho, which is going to cost him even more money. Oh, it's incredible. Because Mourinho ain't going there for cheap. He ain't going no, there. He, mate, he's no, he's no, going no. there to earn a few pounds. Can I sum it up then? Incredible. The, 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 the losers are Spurs and the winner is Pochettino, right? Because <laughs> yeah, he's he, got out of that club. Because he's out of there. Yeah. And he's, he's going to basically take a bigger club that's going to back him and he'll go and get some success. And, and he's just been given like, a load of money. Yeah. I mean, if it's Bayern, he'll be, he'll be backed with players. He's just done 12 and a half million quid, apparently. He's laughing, mate. He's laughing. <laughs> that makes him a winner alone. I mean, yeah, other than Pochettino, I think, obviously... Um, Harry Kane filled his boots this week, so I'm sure, you know, I'm sure a penny for his thoughts right now, you know, because I was going to say on on this show that I kind of had the feeling that Harry Kane's becoming that player that definitely prefers uh, and plays better for England than he does for Tottenham. You know, you have those players that become international players. Funny enough, I think they described Gareth Southgate as being an England player as opposed to a kind of a club level player, and I kind of feel that Harry Kane's going that way. But a penny for his thoughts on this because. Ooh. I don't know is the answer. I don't know which players felt close with Potts. I don't know which players felt cut off him. I don't know. You kind of got the feeling that Deli Alley probably was one of those players that's probably feeling pretty good about things right now. But we've said that as well, haven't we, um, in terms of Harry Kane, that he isn't fitting into that system. He probably is recognising that himself. So I reckon he'll see it as a fresh start because it's either that way he leaves the club. And if that's the case, then Tottenham will be even more pissed off. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it'll be fascinating to know what the players' thoughts are on this. I guess we'll kind of see it at the weekend. Um, what, what happens with the players as well that are out of contract? How, how are they reacting? Well, I, I, I mean, ultimately, they won't be signing deals anyway um, because their agents will be like, do not sign a single thing. <laughs> because they, they, know, they know that the best time to be a player is on you kind of a free transfer on your bossman because you get to get both the basically the transfer fee and the salary all in one big lump thank you very much so you won't see players kind of like Ericsson or Toby um, I Vertonghen think, yeah Vertonghen they're essentially they're bored as well aren't they they're bored yeah they're not winning anything no they're not winning anything and I think that these players will have opportunities to go to better clubs yeah. on that note do we have any final thoughts Maurizio Sarri won more trophies week, uh, in England than uh, Maurizio Pochettino <laughs> cool you can find us on Spotify iTunes all that lot give us a like give us a review go and monitor Twitter because I would imagine Woods is going to be going ham okay he's going to be having a fucking filling his boots over the next couple of days on this so yeah that's what I mean I'm looking forward to next week mate because obviously we're going to have a week of, of Pochettino and Tottenham and this is yeah amazing amazing when they hire Joe Kinnear mate this place is going to explode <laughs> Um, good night, everyone. Goodbye. See you later. It is the history of the Tottenham. Sports
Social Podcast Network.